Hello and welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast, a show dedicated to chiropractors who want to transform their job into a business so that they can have a remarkable practice as part of a remarkable life, not instead of one. With your hosts, Dr. Pete Camiolo and Dr. Stephen Franson. Welcome back to another episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. My name is Dr. Pete Camiolo. And I'm Dr. Stephen Franson. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about spending the money that you're going to lose. This is part two of a two-part series. Our previous episode, if you haven't listened to it, we talked about marketing and investing your money in your marketing, the money that you're going to lose. Today we're talking about investing in your team. And I can tell you something right now. This is about building the team that's going to help you achieve your vision. It comes back to your vision as a CEO. It comes back to your goals and recognizing that the only way you're going to get from where you are now to where you want to go next, and we're going to go ultimately, is going to come back to the team. This is about building the team, investing in the team that's going to take you where you're going to go next. We're going to differentiate in this episode the difference between how an owner operator looks at their team and how a CEO looks at their team, and the difference between building a business that's actually going to turn into a business that's going to enable you to build that remarkable life and have a remarkable business versus a business then where you keep spinning your wheels, ending up in the same place that you were before. And this is that conversation. So Dr. Steven, I'm thrilled to jump in with you. Again, we've spent quite a bit of time before we even turn press play, press record to jump into this conversation with you and all of our great listeners today. Yeah, I mean, CEOs, we love to talk about money, right? So ultimately, we know that as the CEO, our job is to marshal the limited resources of our business, right? Time, energy, focus, and money. Uh, and the last, in the last episode, we, uh, we leaned in a bit on the, the premise that we're in the business of saving lives, so we're going to act like it, right? So, you know, we're going to market like it, right? So today, we're going to continue that same spirit, that same conversation. And that's like, how do you use your limited time, energy, focus, and money to build your business. In other words, increase your impact and increase your income, right? So, uh, you know, I hope this title gets everybody's attention. Spend the money you're going to lose because we all hate to lose money. What does Warren Buffett say? What's the key to getting wealthy? Just don't lose money, right? So spend the money you're going to lose. As a CEO, we have to recognize it takes money to spend. It takes money to make money, right? So that's never a question. We know we have to spend money. The question is very often how much and on what, right? So what do we need to spend that money on, right? So we picked uh, number one and number two, where you should be investing in your business to make sure that you see the highest return, the highest return of your time, the highest return of your focus, the highest return of your energy, and of course, the highest return on your money invested, right? So the last time we spoke, we spoke about marketing and that we recognize that there are business laws of the jungle that aren't just good ideas. You have to follow these, right? This is formulaic, right? So, you know, there's people much smarter than us have arrived at the conclusion that if you want to grow your business, you should be allocating eight to 12% of the goal you have for your top line revenue in that same time period, right? So, and we unpack that if you want to you know, learn more about that, go listen to the last episode if you missed it, right? So, you know, the big idea was if you don't do that, in other words, if you choose to not make the investment in your smart marketing to build your business, you're, you're choosing to underperform. In other words, you're choosing to lose money, 
that that's it. Like just get on the other side of it. Cause I know that there's so much trepidation when it comes to spending money and it's probably more, you're just not confident around exactly what to spend it on. Right? So if you need help with that, please make sure you check out our remarkable attraction immersion that we're going to be hosting here in the United States in Denver. Uh, it's September 30th, October 1st. There'll be a link in the show notes for you to learn more. We'll, we'll help you determine exactly how do you arrive at that budget based on your marketing plan, which is based on your goals for where you're trying to go. We'll help you pick out which initiatives and we'll teach you how to do those initiatives right. So if you want to learn more about that, check out the Remarkable Attraction Immersion. Today, today is about the highest and best use of our time, energy, focus, and money. And that is in developing our team. And very often when we have this conversation, we talk about coaching your people, training your people, developing your people. But Dr. Pete, today's conversation is very specifically about building out your team, like actually adding the manpower, the horsepower, the hearts, heads, hands, and feet that make your business go and grow, right? So today we're gonna be slaying that dragon of, man, I don't know if I'm ready to add that CA or how do I know if I'm ready to bring on an associate doctor or gee, cause I'm just thinking about my payroll, my overhead, and what's that going to do to my profit margin, et cetera, right? So uh, let's put all of those limiting beliefs to rest today so that people can take action with confidence. And I think we can all relate. If, if you're anything like me, um, I'm immediately being pinned against the wall right now by my coach because I'm remembering that, um, you know, and you, some of you know my, my story, but, um, you know, we were, uh, we grew really fast and then we grew a really big business and we stayed there. And one, one of the things that, um, my coach kept telling me was you're behind, <laughs> you're, you're behind on team. Like you don't have enough team. You don't have enough team. It took me probably two years at least, maybe even three years to get the team to figure out the team thing, like out of the gates. Like I was just, I just was always under, I was undermanned. I just did not have enough manpower. Um, and, and so thankfully, you know, maybe I was, I was young and, you know, I was just my personality. We talk about, you know, the way we're hardwired, things like that. Maybe that was a, a blessing that I, but it was also my, my strength was also my Achilles heel, right. In a sense. So that's a lot of times what happens to us as owner operators. So I'm going back to the beginning and maybe some of you can relate with me, but my mindset was, well, I can just do it right? Like I can get this done or I, I can do this better than the other people can do it. Or, um, you know, I don't want to take the risk of, of all that. That's a distraction for me to have to go higher. I'm just going to stay focused on, you know, the work that I'm doing right now. I don't want to be distracted with that and deal with that. And then I don't want to deal with the issues of a team and, you know, and all of that. And then the dynamic, what if they come in and they mess up the good thing that we've got going right now with the two people that I do have, and I don't want to deal with that. And so what did I, what did I have? I had a lot of fear, right? I had, a lack of, uh, of, of confidence. I had a lack of training. I, I didn't necessarily have a clear vision. And so what did I do? I stayed in this place of being stuck in an owner operator state and were lacking the manpower and feeling the weight and the strain and stress of that. And I did that. I embraced it and I just accepted this is the way it was going to be. And I just talked myself into it. And I talked to my wife and everybody around me. This is just the way that it is. You're just gonna have to deal with it. And we're gonna have to suck it up and grin and bear it. And this is just part of the deal. I'm sorry, but I'm a chiropractor. I'm on a mission. And it was just like, well, I'm on a mission. We're, tra- we're in the business of saving lives. So I'm just gonna have to grin and bear it. And eh, eh, wrong, wrong. All that is wrong. But that was the way I was. So that was my, what I would call my owner operator identity. That was my owner operator feeling stuck. And when it came to the team, it was really hard. And my coach kept telling me, hey, you need to hire two more people. 
You need to hire, you know, another person. You need to hire another person. And I was like, I was always behind. I never was ahead. It took me three years to finally feel like I had built out the team. It took me three years to build the team that could keep up with the business that we were creating and the business business we were generating. And I'll tell you, you know what happened as a result of that? We lost a lot of patience as a result of that. I'll tell you that right now. I know our retention business didn't even really begin until we finally had built out that team because the, t- the patients could feel it. They were falling off the cart, man. Apple's falling off the cart. I had to have a replacements practice. I had to market the way that I did. Why? Because I didn't have the team. So think about that. I actually had to invest into marketing more because I didn't have a team. But if I had the team, I maybe would have been able to control my marketing a little bit. So I'm saying all this because we're having a two-part conversation, Dr. Steven. I just want to make this real. Like I felt that. I was that guy who was undermanned, undermanpowered, over leveraged myself um, and and putting a lot of that strain on my team that was lean That's right. and stressing them out That's right. because that was what I was blind to as well. I didn't recognize what I was putting my team through as well. That, that team that was with me in those early days when we were understaffed. And I'll tell you what, it was, it was a big problem, Dr. Steven. So I, I can tell you right now, no matter where you're at in your journey, you can be, I've been in the game for three decades. This is a, such an important conversation uh, for us to be having at all times. We have to be keeping this in the forefront of our mind to become remarkable CEOs. Well, Dr. Pete, the dynamic that you're describing is known in the business world as deep but narrow, right? So where you've built this business that is quote unquote uns- is successful with very few people on board on your team and what you saw and experienced was the exposure that that left you in, right? So that, that is deep but narrow, right? And that sort of structure can topple over, right? So when you feel like we're super busy, but we're running lean, right? So you hear that a lot, you know, and it's the opposite of being wide but thin, right? Where you have a huge team, but no productivity and no profitability, right? Those are opposites, right? So, you know, all of that comes from a conversation around your revenue to employee ratio, which should probably be its own episode, right? So, because we get those questions all the time. Our coaching clients are always asking us like, how do I know if I can afford to bring in a a, a COO? Or how do I know when I can bring in another CA or add split the check-in CA, check-out CRO? When when can I afford to bring in? When do I bring in an associate doctor, right? Like we get those kind of questions. So I think we should have a dedicated episode just to talk about that so we can make something that feels kind of subjective, make it really objective. And we'll have a conversation around the revenue to employee ratio, right? So, but that, you know, that's a conversation. We'll go deeper on a different day. Like today, I think we can talk about a psychology around this, right? So, because the truth is, is that your story resonates with everyone, including me, right? So we made a promise to our listeners early on is that you're talking to a couple of tour guides, not a couple of travel agents, right? So we've been there, done that, right? We're gonna show you around a a place we know well, right? And always teaching from scar tissue, we've made the mistake of building a big job for ourselves, right? So, and that almost always shows up in the team that we surround ourselves with, right? So there's two perspectives here, right? So in this space of like adding team and fleshing out team and coping with the challenge of the overwhelm that results and the underperformance or lack of quality, let's call it what it is, if you don't have the hands, if, some, if, you, if you don't have enough people on your team, things are gonna start falling off the, the apple cart, not just patients. Like, like, so it starts with, 
you know, those callbacks don't happen or you don't reschedule people. You don't follow up on those emails, text messages or voicemails quick enough to turn a new patient. And we, we're not following up with people who have called in and left messages at the office, right? We're not, we're not following up on that rescheduled re-exam, progress exam, et cetera. And as you start to feel the back pressure as your team starts to experience the back pressure associated with overwhelm, one of the first things that stops is promotion, right? So people are going to stop promoting, even if it's just an innate survival mechanism, they're going to stop trying to grow that business, right? All of that is expensive. That's the money you're going to lose. Okay. So yes. when we say spend the money you're going to lose, you've got to build out a team to combat that back pressure. You have to create a vacuum out in front of your team. You have to make sure that your team doesn't feel like they're over capacity, right? So they can't live in the stress zone. They need to live in the stretch zone, you know, and that's all just based on your capacity to serve people. If you're understaffed, tell you what, your practice is living in this stress zone, right? And that is not sustainable, okay? And it's definitely not leading to any growth. So you are losing money. So ultimately mm. it comes down to this question of like, all right, so what do you mean when we say, spend the money you're going to lose. So there's two perspectives on this. The first one is, all right, I'm, I'm thinking about building my team and here's my plan. When I get to this level for, let's call it revenue, right? So when I get to this level, then I can afford to add a CA. And then when I get to this level, I can add another CA. When I get to this level, I can add an office manager. When I get to this level, then I'll be ready to add an associate doctor, right? So it's, it's when this, then that type of perspective. And I can tell you what, we, we know what happens here. You just never get to those levels, right? So the other way to look at it, you know, is the way a CEO looks at it, okay? A CEO looks at it and says, we have goals out in front of us, right? We have a vision story for where we're going next and ultimately we have goals. And I know in order to achieve the next level, I'll need to invest in bringing in the right person to help us get there. I'll, I'll need to invest, we'll need to spend the money, the business, I'll invest the business's money to invest in a person to bring in their time, energy, focus, and talent in order for us to achieve that goal and reach that next level, right? And in order to get to that next level, then we're gonna need to invest to bring this person in. And in order to, to get to the next level, we'll need to invest to get, that next per, to, to get to that next level, right? So ultimately, Dr. Pete, one perspective is a very limited belief on the owner operator who's worried about their payroll and their overhead and trying to run lean and they suck the oxygen out of the engine of growth of their business. And then the other is the CEO who looks and says, in order to realize our goals, we're gonna to need to make the investment and bring in somebody else's time, energy, focus, and talent to get us there. Doc, hundreds of our coaching clients have grown their businesses following our remarkable CEO program. Well, now it's your turn. We are kicking off a new cohort of remarkable CEOs this month. Enrollment's limited, so don't delay. If you're ready to turn your job into a business, make a bigger impact and a bigger income, the Remarkable CEO program is what you've been looking for. Go to theremarkablepractice.com forward slash REM CEO to apply today. And what I want to speak to right now is this isn't like, well, this applies to some of us who are chiropractors, business owners. This is not a personality. Well, it depends on your personality. You can decide, should I do it one way or the other? What we're talking about is laws, the rules of the jungle. We're talking about this is the way it has to be. 
And unfortunately, as chiropractors, and I shared this in the previous episode, sometimes we think that because we're chiropractors and we're, we beat to a different drum that things don't apply to us. The rules apply. These are rules of the game. This is, this is how you play the game and you play it right. And so, yes, we've, we've, we have, we've taken these concepts and we're bringing this into our conversation today. But I think as a chiropractor, it's really important that you as a listener, it's, it's not unlikely that you probably have thought the other way. You've thought that, you know what, I know I can do this. You know, when I get here and I feel like I can afford somebody and I feel like I'm comfortable, then I'll take that next step. That mentality will not work. I'm, I'm saying it right now. It will not work. And unfortunately, I, I think, Dr. Steven, this is where, as a profession, we've thought we can skip seasons. There's four seasons of the chiropractor's career. There's launch, then there's build, then there's scale. The season you should spend the majority of your career in, if you're a, a chiropractor who is a business owner, is in scale. And what happens is we've, we've completely skipped out in that season as a profession historically. And even if we were in scale, we didn't even know what we were really doing. So there's really no system or method or, or structure or model for it. So we kind of just tried to figure it out. And that's what you did. And I did. We just figure it out, man. Just figure it out. What we're saying is, listen, the, you don't have to figure out how to go through launch, build, scale, or exit anymore. We've got systems and we've created the model and we're, we're building those out and we're continuing to refine them daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly. They're getting better and better and better. Well, this is a law a rule that applies to the game of business as well. That if I want to launch a business well, this is how you do it. If I want to build a business well, this is how you do it. And we're saying right now, this is how you build and scale and eventually exit a business. When it comes to investing, there's no greater investment you're going to make hands down than in your team. And we talk about things like, what does it cost to lose an employee? And Dr. Steven, you, I know you've got all these numbers right all the way up the tip of your tongue because you're always having this conversation. We're always having these conversations of what does it cost to, to lose an employee? What is it costing your business? What is it costing for me to lose hundreds, hundreds of patients a year falling off track, losing patients, never getting on the road back to wellness? hundreds of patients I had to replace every year. <laughs> what did that cost? What is the cost? You have to have a vision. So as a CEO, what's your first objective? Cast vision. You know what that also means? You have to have a vision. So you have to see it and you have to recognize that this is what it needs to be. So I have to put on my pants, put on my shirt, put that belt on, get my shoes on it. Walk it out, man. Walk that vision out. And you're going to have to take a step in faith. You're going to have to make decisions. And I'll tell you, there's no better decision you're going to make than saying, you know what? We're going to make this investment. We're going to bring on this team. We're going to do it. And we're going to do it right. We're going to get the right person. We're going to put them in the right role. They're going to be doing the right work and they're doing it the right way. We're committed to that. A players only. Guys, there's a lot of layers to this. But the first step is, Doc Stephen, what you're talking about is just the identity that comes back to who you are and functioning as an owner operator identity versus a CEO identity. And then the, the second part of that is the behaviors that back it up. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can do the math pretty quickly, you know, so we, we have, we have fear and trepidation around making the investment and bringing in the people that we need. Um, and we start thinking about the overhead. We start thinking about payroll and what that does to our profit margin, what have you. And it's, 
you know, and, and I understand why that that's like a, an instinct that you would do that. And we're not suggesting that you're just recklessly going out there and hiring. We, don't worry, there's a pathway, there's a plan for this. And I think it's going to be very helpful for us to unpack just this concept of the revenue to employee ratio, you know, which we're going to get into. We'll give you real practical numbers on that. Right. So but there's there's something to be said for recognizing that to go from where you are to where you want to be next. There's going to be an investment that you're going to need to make. Right. And the two mm -hmm. that we really want to highlight here is. Number one, it's building the team. And number two, it's doing the marketing, right? And if you choose to not do that, what you're doing is you are choosing to not grow to the potential. This is called opportunity lost in business, right? So you're going to lose the money, right? So let's say you have a, C a CIA you're thinking about hiring, right? So, you know, let's call it what it is, 20 bucks an hour. Let's say it's what, 36 hours a week. Is that, is that about the average car? I think it's 36 hours a week is the average quote unquote, full-time CA, right? Some of you uh, are snickering at me and like, oh my gosh, my <laughs> CA works like 54 hours. So let's call it the 36. That's gonna get us to like 35 grand a year, right? So if you have a $50 collection visit average, I mean, how many visits is that? Right, when you think about it, right? So you wanna get a what? Three to one to five to one ROI and do the math on that. It's just finger math, guys. It's, you make that up really quickly, right? So when you think about what would it take to be able to pull another hundred grand into that practice, would a CA help you get there versus the back pressure of your, your team feeling overwhelmed and understaffed and all of these things falling through the cracks? Or it's an associate doctor. It's like, are you ready to bring on an associate doctor? It's like, okay, well, I don't know. It's like, let's look at your practice. You know, if you had an associate doctor, let's say you're paying your associate a hundred grand, okay? If you have a $50 collection visit average, what is that? Like, a, it's 140 a week, right? So, can you get a doctor to 140 a week in your practice? That's gonna if, if that that's gonna be over 300 grand in collections, right? So if 100 goes to overhead, 100 goes to the associate doctor. There's 100,000 in your pro, in your pocket in profit and distribution, right? So guys, this is math. You don't have to guess. You don't have to take a leap. You just have to get a pencil and a piece of paper and work it out, right? This is yep. math. You know, so we're just coming alongside you right now and just saying, listen, even if that has to be like a trajectory for you, you say, okay, so brutal facts is I cannot do that right now, but I know I can do it next. Right. Right. So I, I know I couldn't do that now, but I know I could do that next. You have to, by, by vision casting, you know, what I heard you say there, Pete, was I need to get a clear pathway, yeah. right? That says I can see it like I'm experiencing and I can feel it. And I'm feeling like I'm stuck in this eddy in my business right now because I'm like, I don't have the money that I need to hire a person to bring somebody in to really do what needs to be done to grow the business. So you can get stuck in that eddy, right? And what you recognize, man, is this is what we mean when we say invest in your business because nobody's going to give you a greater return on your investment than your business will. So yes. you invest in bringing that person and you break that eddy and you start that upward trajectory, turn that vicious cycle into a virtuous cycle. And what you'll see is you it does not take a lot to overcome that as long as you follow the system and follow yes. the process, it becomes highly predictable. Yeah, I mean, if you're feeling like you're stuck in that, in that eddy, again, I go back to the four rights. Look at the team you currently have. If you say, this is brutal facts, this is where we are now, this is where we wanna be next, then we double down on the looking at the frameworks. We've talked about them in this podcast. If you work with us, you know the, the system, you know the, the framework. Embrace those, those and get, let's get that right person in the right role, doing the right work the right way. Let's look at the, the 15 primary functions of your business. Let's look at the accountability grid. Let's make sure that everyone is accountable that you currently have so that you can in the next, moving towards the ultimately, 
you can bring on that right person, right? That to me is what this is all about. And so we just want you to, to know that wherever you find yourself on the journey, this is, this is the next, this is what's important next. This is what's important. Ultimately, you got to spend the money you're going to lose. We're in the business of saving lives. We are moving forward. You are moving forward. There's never been a better time, a more important time to be a chiropractor, to be in chiropractic business, chiropractic practice than right now. What we've walked through in the last two years, two, two years and change has only confirmed that which we have already known, how significant, how important the work that we do is. You can't go alone. It's about building a remarkable team. It's about investing in your team. It's about reinvesting in your business so that you can grow to the next level. Guys, this is the focus. This is where it is. As CEOs, make the shift, make the shift, take the step, get out the pencil. Like Dr. Steven said, do the math. Now is the time. This is the time to build the business that's going to create the business that is your vision, story, manifest. This is the time to reinvest in your team, in your marketing right now. Now is the time. And we're here to come alongside of you. We're here to support you. We've got systems we've put into place, Dr. Steven, that support doctors, that support your team. If you're feeling exposed in this area, I think one of the things that we've done so well, Dr. Steven, is I'm just looking at all the different programs and ways that we support doctors with the, not only just the events and the academies and the, the Facebook groups, but now we actually have created programs for the associate doctors to get trained. I have the opportunity to work with so many associates. I'll tell you right now, you take that step, bring it on an associate and you know, you can come alongside of them and train them, develop them, equip them, have them accountable. You have that confidence making that investment, bringing on that player. Hey, they're going to get poured into. I've got CAs. I want them to be functioning at their full potential. I want to make sure I'm keeping them in that stretch zone, not the stress zone, but the stretch zone so we can continue to continue to grow. Plug them into the CA Academy, plug them into those CA calls, get them to those emergence training with our CAs. Hey, if you've got a COO or an office manager said, this person is, I see the potential in them. I just need to get them and help them grow to the next level. Get them and plugged into this office manager program, get them plugged into the COO program, make sure that that's happening. And if it's you, and you're saying, you know what? I need to take myself and my game to another level. You know what? Get yourself plugged in to the CEO program. Surround yourself with other doctors who are doing it. You're not alone in this. Sometimes we feel like it's we're, we're alone. We're on a lonely road. You're not alone. It's not a lonely road. Surround yourself with a community of others who are committed. Because when it comes to spending the money you're going to lose, you want to make sure you're doing it right. Please stick around for more business insights from this week's bonus interview with our remarkable success partner dedicated to helping you more successfully help more people. Enjoy. All right, CEOs. So as promised, I'm here today in the studio with an incredible, remarkable success partner, Dr. Miles Bosden from Cash Practice. And today we're talking about money. We're talking about systems. We're talking about technology. And uh, we're talking about how to truly elevate and scale your practice to the next level. And uh, I couldn't think of a better guest to have today than one of our awesome, remarkable success partners than you, Dr. Miles Bosden. Thanks for joining me today and uh, welcome to the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Thanks, Dr. Pete. I really appreciate you guys bringing me on and I'm happy to share with the audience. I know we were just at a, one of your events recently and we speak the same language. So I know I'm talking to awesome chiropractors and I can't wait to share today. Yeah, I love that we, we, we resonate on so many levels. It, it was so cool the first time I met you in person uh, here, here in uh, Nashville, which is where I am, and, uh, and then meeting you know, Holly and, and just 
hearing what your guys' messages and what you guys are doing and how aligned we are. And that's what we always try to do. We always try to align with you know, people and businesses that share our values, are on the same mission that we're on, and you clearly are. So again, really greatly appreciate you and the work that you've been doing in this industry for decades now. So uh, let's jump into it. I've got a couple of questions that I would love for you to, I'd love to ask you and we can, we, you and I go, we'll go back and forth in this. I know we have lots uh, that we could talk about. So um, obviously the big thing we talk about is that a business exists to solve problems, right? Yep. So obviously you're a business that serves chiropractors in the chiropractic profession. Uh, so I want to, I want to go back to the Genesis. What was like, what, what was the inspiration behind, you know, the, the, the launch of the, your system, your cash practice system? Like what was the problem that we're solving? And then how is that also something that's still relevant even today? I'd love to hear that. Well, that's a pretty powerful question. I appreciate you asking that. Uh, I'll keep it brief, but the the story is like this. Um, Like all of you, I always practice. I practiced for nearly 20 years. And in my early days of practice, I faced a lot of challenges like many chiropractors. Many of your clients, obviously they're using you, they're consulting with you because they face challenges and you're helping them solve problems. And I too face challenges. Um, One thing I did different though than many chiropractors is I put on my engineering hat that I was studying to be an engineer before chiropractic school. And I put my engineering hat on and I went about to solve the problem. And the, the, the problem I was facing was patients were dropping out when I didn't think they should drop out. They were prematurely exiting the practice. And I was frustrated with that because I had believed the message that if patients understood what I knew about chiropractic and I taught them the message that they would follow me to the ends of the earth. And my real life experience was not that. I was educating patients. They were getting the big idea and they still dropped out of care. And I had patients who didn't get the big idea and stayed under care. And I went, there's something amiss here. I got to figure this out. So I literally set up my practice as a laboratory with a video camera and started asking my patients questions and surveying them and asking them, you know, Mary, you've been here for a year. Why are you still coming in? And literally digging in and finding out what is going on in these people's mind. I went on a mission to figure out what drove my patient's behavior to stay versus go. And in doing so, I discovered four key elements that drove the behavior of people to stay versus leave. And I was under the impression they just needed to understand chiropractic. Well, I quickly learned that that was a small piece of it, but it wasn't the whole picture. So the problem I went to solve was basically getting over the frustration of patients prematurely dropping out of care. And that's the problem we help doctors solve today is I think you'll agree one of the biggest challenges doctors have is either getting new patients or more importantly, keeping them. And, and I'll go on to say, I know we're talking business today, but I'll say yep. this before, we, before, we, before I wrap this part up. And that is, yes, it is business. Keeping patients does result in higher profits and more successful practice. But I'll ask your, you, the listeners this question. If there was an adjustment, Peter, that I could teach everybody right now that they would always get better clinical results, would you want to know that adjustment? Mm-hmm. I think the yep. answer is yes. Every chiropractor is, yeah, I want to know that adjustment. And the reason is, is because we're clinicians. We want to help our patients get the best possible benefits of chiropractic care. So my follow-up question to this is, well, if you believe you would learn this adjustment to get better results, wouldn't you agree that one of the reasons you may not get the best clinical results with your patients is not because you don't know that magic adjustment. It's simply because your patient failed to follow through. Hmm. They dropped out prematurely and that's why they didn't get the great results. That's why they didn't you know, get all the benefits that we're talking about. So yeah. if you're willing to learn that magic adjustment, then it behooves you to learn what it takes to help patients have better retention. And that's ultimately the problem we solve. And we've mastered it. We really have figured out how to systematize the process of building patient retention. That's really our gig. 
I, I love it. And again, coming you know from the event that, that, that you were at and we were recently at together was our conversion and retention immersion. And um, it was just so powerful to be able to walk through that. But like you said, this is still, a even, even if you're a chiropractor is listening and you're a, acutely aware of retention as a domain in your business and the area you need to focus on, it still poses challenges, right? Because you're dealing with humanity and human beings are, are variable and uh, you know, so you're dealing with that and then you're working with your team and maybe there's a change in your team and you're having to train them up and then you've got systems. So what I love about what you guys have done is it's all about systems and technology and, and all of that, building that into driver retention, which is what we teach in our CEO program, which is scalability, durability, using leverage. Mm -hmm. um, so again, I, I love that we're having a conversation around retention because retention really is at the heart uh, in, in the remarkable practice, remarkable CEO, what we what we focus on, we believe that it's, it's, you know, the, that chiropractic, you know, we have a lot of sayings about chiropractic, but the most important one is that chiropractic is a lifestyle success strategy for healthy human beings, that the longer you're healthier, the healthier you'll be. So the longer that you're under regular chiropractic care, the healthier you'll be. And that's actually going to be able to help that person create the outcome that they want. And you're able to do that. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about how does that happen? So I'm, I'm picking up on your why. I think we share a very similar why, um, so we'll talk about the why, so sort of the, how, how do we do that? Like, how are you helping the docs, the practitioners? So you went from your laboratory in your office to now I'm in all these other offices. What does that look like? So, you know, chiropractic is based upon principles, right? It guides what we do as clinicians and those principles govern whether we, why we don't give drugs, for example, right? They govern what we do as practitioners. And in my laboratory of my practice, I came across four principles that govern retention, and one of them we've already touched on, patient education, right? Patient understanding chiropractic. I don't need to talk about that one because chiropractors know it already. They've all known you got to educate patients. But I discovered three other principles. I'll refer to them as the retention principles. And let me just kind of review them. And then I'll share with you, we as a company, we've systematized implementing these principles and actually executing them. That's what, why it's so repeatable. We systematized it. Number one is, well, we already mentioned patients need education. We refer to it as frequent contact. Patients need to be in contact with you on a frequent basis. This is one of the principles I learned. A second principle we learned was patients required feedback. That patients, in order to perform their treatment plan, they must know how they're progressing. That the failure of the doctor to give regular feedback to their patient led to dropout. When we interviewed patients, we would often ask them, you know, you came to me, you went to other chiropractors in the past, why did you leave there? Why are you coming here now and staying? And some of the answers we got revolved around well, I just don't know how I was doing over there. Or I just felt like they wanted me to keep coming back. There was none of this. There was no feedback. The previous doctor did a terrible job of reporting how the patient was progressing, especially once they were feeling better. And we found by giving patients regular feedback, we plugged that leak in the bucket. If you want to think of a leaky bucket as a, as a common example. The third principle we came across, and that's like what I know you teach about care plans, we refer to it as forecasting care, that patients needed to know a forecast of their future. What are they financially responsible for? What is their time commitments? What is their care commitments? They needed to know that up front, and we refer to that as commonly as care planning, right? So we call that forecasting. And the fourth thing we found is this was a big one, and that was patients needed to have a frictionless payment experience. There needed to be no friction in the experience of them paying. Them stopping at the front desk to pay, awful idea. You mailing statements in the mail for them to pay, awful idea. The more automated you made that, the better. So these four principles of feedback, frequent contact, frictionless payments, and forecasting care 
to make it easy for doctors to remember, we refer to them as the four Fs. And we as a company, Cash Practice, develop systems to let you execute these four Fs throughout the journey of seeing a patient. The entire time you're seeing a patient, you're, you're doing these four things. You're, you're executing your care plan. You're making your payments frictionless. You're in frequent contact with them. You're giving them regular feedback. And I bet every one of these things are things that TRP teaches. They're not new and unique. It's just the combination of them. And we as a company, the, the reason you people utilize us is because we make it easy for them to execute this. You use it. the system and you're doing it. And by doing the system, you end up with a really high PVA. You have that with really high retention, which gives you an incredible return on investment. Huge. And that was what my next question was going to be was about ROI. So I love the four Fs. I love this framework. Uh, and I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said. I don't think anybody that's out there could ever argue with you that those things are, um, are the most significant things. And I think you know, the idea of frictionless payment, like even thinking about that, like the old school box on the wall, that was maybe pretty frictionless, like, right? In a sense, because you got to walk in and just put some money nobody dealt with, but that was not, that's not running a business, right? So this idea that it's frictionless, but it's profitable, running a profitable business that's organized, that's systematized, mm -hmm. where, you know, people's balances are, are up to date, where you're able to make sure things are happening. And, um, and you can check and see that, it's actually happening. You've got the data to prove yep. uh, that it's happening. So can you talk about that? So we talk about, you know, return on the investment. I, we like to talk about like the four limited resources. So as a CEO, you've got limited resources. As a, a COO, you've got limited resources. As a CA, work in the back office, you've got limited resources. The patient, everyone has limited resources, time, energy, focus, and money. Those are the four, time, energy, focus, and then money. So how does leveraging your system cash practice specifically help us save time as a business focus more on what's important right what's really going to drive this organization forward um how does it help us create more energy optimize our energy and then at the end of the day how are we making more money as a result of it so i'll do my best to answer that uh, as a time perspective, we know that when doctors and offices implement our systems, we see it saves them about 40 pay payroll hours per month. Uh, when you look at the time effect of the savings in time of just simply having cards on file, billing on file, people on care plans, not having to stop at the desk and make a payment every time, just the use of the systems, um, not to mention the improvement in compliance. Um, I know you guys brought on Cairo Health USA this year as an example. Part of that reason I know you brought them on was for compliance purposes, for making sure discounts are done correctly. We work hand in hand with them because they're the peanut butter, we're the jelly, or we're the chocolate and they're the peanut butter. Whatever you want to say, we go work together perfectly in that one of our products, their product is to help with compliant discounts. Ours makes your care plans when working with them extremely compliant, keeps doctors out of, out of trouble. I just want to kind of throw that out there real quick. From the standpoint though of time as well, when you have people on these care plans and, and people on these programs, you're gonna have better retention. What that does is now it means you need less, there's a less dependency on new patients all the time. So we know that a lot of time is spent in practices acquiring new patients, energy into marketing, energy, like there's energy put into that and focus and energy, you become less dependent upon that. In fact, 
one of my favorite things our doctors get to do is they get to take new patient vacations. They literally be able to do this where they can go a month and say, hey, Sally at the front desk, no new patients for the next month, book them out a month from now or send them somewhere else. I don't want to see any new people because we all know new patients are the most work for us to see, right? It's the biggest processing part of it. I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm just saying that freedom that comes from having a practice where your recurring revenue is high and you know you can count on 50,000 a month, 30,000 a month, 80, whatever it is coming into the practice automatically, you're suddenly not that worried whether you have a new patient showing up or not because of the fact that your business is so profitable. We know the recurring, the, the subscription model, if you want to think of it that way, is the way of the future when it comes to the business, uh, the business model. From the standpoint of focus, we know that when you're not having to focus on new patients, and you're not worried about where the money is, you're able to focus on taking care of your patients. Like you're literally able to put your focus there and your CAs, they absolutely love this. I'll tell you, when we're out at live events and our clients come up to us and, and say hello, the doctors are always happy. Hey, good to see you. And you know, it's always a very good experience, right? The CAs, they hug us and they kiss us. They, they absolutely love cash practice because it makes their jobs and their lives so much easier. Um, I can't emphasize it enough how much it really improves them. I come from an engineering background, like I was saying, and my whole gig is how do you streamline? How do you make things efficient? How do you make them... Um, accomplish the goal and systematize it with the least energy and effort. And that's what cash practice does for our doctors. I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way also, kind of wrapping up this part, unless you have a follow-up question, is our members generally see about a 24% annual growth hmm. year after year after year. And I can show you stats of practices that have been with us for a decade plus, where here it is a decade later, and they still grew 24% compared to last year. And that's year after year. I could show you examples where they came on and they did 200,000 their first year, 300, 400. And most recent years, they did 2.4 million, 2.5 million. Why? Because they're continuously adding new people to the practice. And more importantly, they're not losing them on the back end. And I'm sure you see that too with the retention. As you add people and you're not losing, practices just continue to grow. But it's routine for our members that when they yeah. systematize this process, they grow year after year after year after year. And I can show case after case after case of that. Yeah. And I know you wanted to, just so you guys know, um, yeah, Miles wanted to share. He's like, Hey, can I share my screen real quick? And I'm like, well, this is a podcast. We also have our YouTube channel. So yeah, you could, but let's just talk about it. But Hey, I know some of the docs that are listening are going to want to poke you and, and, and hop on a call with you. So we'll talk about that in just a minute, but yeah, I agree hundred percent. Like the infinitely scalable business model is definitely retention. There's always a limit to the amount of attraction and new people you can have, not only because, you know, it's, it's new people coming in, but it's a heavier lift, like you said. So right. Yeah, I think from a business's perspective, this is this is significant. And when you can show a 24% growth year over year, I mean, that's hard to argue with. I don't know anybody that's out there, any any product or service that's out there can that can show that type of a, a trajectory. So that's that's pretty remarkable to be honest. I didn't actually know that until talking to you right now about that. I know that you guys are helping people. But I didn't realize that those types of numbers. So that's pretty awesome. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add, but if you don't, I would love for us. And if you do. Also tell people how they can get in contact with you sure. so that, um, you know, people can, can take action from, uh, from listening to this today. Thanks, Pete. I, I'll say this. I'll add, I'll add to that last statement. That annual growth, you know, we all see the testimonials on Facebook or on, you know, the newspapers or whatever. Hey, I joined such and such and, or they taught me such and I grew next month. I grew two months or my, I've had, I doubled my collections and that's great. And I think it's awesome. It's one thing to have a good month. It's one thing to have a good quarter. It's another thing to have a good decade. Like it's completely different when you see annual growth continuously grow. And the only practices I see do that 
generally are these ones that are adding new people, not losing them. And that's, that's to me what's so impressive about the seeing the, the actual data that we have in our system. And being that we've been doing this for almost 20 years now, we have a ton of data. So we can see very quickly by, pull, you know, by, by analyzing that data, what kind of growth people are having. Um, I will share one other thing because we did have a unique experience and then I'll, and I'll answer the question of how people can learn more. We all know that in 2020 was the year of COVID. And we all know that back March of 2020, things shut down and there was a lot of uncertainty and a lot of practices got uh, less busy. Uh, for a short period of time. Fortunately, not everybody did and things came back, but we analyzed our data at that time to see what impact it had um, when something like that happened. And what we found was the doctors who were doing the things that were being taught, they were systematizing everything. They had everybody on care plans. They had people on recurring payments. They had that model going in. They saw less than a 3% drop in their revenue in that period of time. We also ran an analysis of those who weren't necessarily following the model to the T and they were still doing lots of one-time payments and they weren't necessarily doing all the stuff, even though they were using the system. And the difference was dramatic. We saw about a 50% drop in their revenue for that period of time. So the illustration there is, is that when you do the systems right, you're not impacted by things outside of your control. You're not impacted by shutdowns or those types of things, whereas those other practices were. As far as like getting a hold of us, I would suggest people just go to cashpractice.com. And I believe we actually created a page, cashpractice.com forward slash TRP, uh, specifically for the TRP doctors. Uh, so take a look at that page. Uh, we'll be happy to answer your questions and, 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 and help you out. If anybody wants to get a hold of me or has a question they want to ask me personally, feel free to email me. You uh, email my, my email is drbodzin, D-R-B-O-D-Z-I-N at cashpractice.com. So Dr. Bodson at cashpractice.com, I'd be happy to answer any questions um, if I'm able to answer. And if I'm not, we'll find the right person to answer it for you. Awesome, Doc. Well, I appreciate you uh, jumping on here and just sharing uh, just beautiful, just awesome gold, uh, lots of nuggets, lots of takeaways, um, great, great insights. And uh, I think if anything, we all are going to leave here with um, thinking, we got to be looking at it over a course of a decade that's the new standard for measuring success in my business. It's not about a good week or a good month. It's not even about a quarter. It's about a good decade. And I love that framework for, uh, for a, how we approach our business and looking into the future. So great insight, great wisdom. And uh, again, thank you for being a remarkable success partner, uh, adding so much value to the remarkable practice uh, family and to the chiropractic community uh, worldwide. And uh, looking forward to seeing you uh, at one of our uh, upcoming events uh, here in the near future. Thanks, Take Dr. Pete. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remarkable CEO Podcast. Remember, what the world needs now is chiropractic. And what chiropractic needs now is more successful chiropractors. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend, and leave us a review. And if you'd like to connect with us personally, direct message us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Instagram. Now go and be remarkable.